Hey, everybody. Welcome to a special bonus episode of Project Tahiti. It's a magical place. I'm one of your hosts, Jess, and I'm joined by your other host, Jared. Hello. Hello. Uh, we spent yesterday at WonderCon. Yay. <laughs> yeah, it was fun. It was tiring, but fun. Yeah. I, I left much earlier than I needed to. <laughs> yeah. And I went to bed at like 9 p.m. last night. I was so tired, even though I feel like we didn't really do a lot. But No, but it, it t- does take a lot out of you. Yeah. I ended up uh, passing out. I think I didn't go to sleep at 8.30, but I did take a short nap. <laughs> <laughs> I like I told texting Nikki like I can't go to sleep at eight thirty. Like that was my, my schedule. Way too I much. I was ready to take a nap at six, and I was like, "No, I can't go to sleep right now because I will be up all night." And I forced myself to stay awake and <laughs> for three hours, and then I was like, "Okay, I can't do it anymore." <laughs> yeah, uh, maybe getting know. old. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that might be a thing. <laughs> but it was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was super fun. Um, we specifically went um, for the shield panel on Saturday, but we ended up sitting through um, a few other panels in the in the room that the shield panel was supposed to be in. Um, so that was interesting. Yeah, that was definitely fun, but uh, unexpected. I kind of thought that it'd be a little bit. I don't know. I guess I wasn't thinking about the fact that it's in that the stage that it was on was an arena. Which yeah. is pretty huge. I mean, they course they 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 host like sporting events there, so yeah, yeah, it makes sense. It's it, they can't clear that out quite as easily as they can one of those like adaptable halls, like you know, at the uh, San Diego Convention Center or at uh, the Javits Center in New York or whatever. Like a lot of those, like they change the size of them. Like they're not doing that. For uh, for WonderCon in, in, inside of the arena, they might for like yeah. a concert, but they're not gonna, you know, they're not they're not building like subsections and whatnot. So it was so massive. Like when we went in, we we what well, we went in like in what if they cleared everything out, it would have been a half an hour before they would have opened up a line. Oh, and easily. yeah, they did not have any semblance of a line, and so <laughs> we walked right in. Like I think maybe like five minutes after. Uh, the beginning of uh, the Nosferatu panel for AMC's new uh, show about Joe Hill's uh, novel adaptation. And yeah. And we got to watch the first episode and we were like, what are we, what is this? <laughs> like- I think, I think we didn't know that. It, I, I think I didn't know because they not always do panels, do the screening first. Like I've been to plenty of panels where they'll talk first and then do a screening and talk yeah. after, or sometimes they'll do a screening at the end. Like it's, it's always been different just about every time. And at WonderCon, both this and the shield panel, they kind of showed what they showed first and then, uh, you know, had more of the talking afterward. Although there was a little bit of talking uh, yeah. b- beforehand, I think on both. Although we, we missed that. We came in, I think, right, like maybe two minutes into the beginning of the pilot for Nosferatu. And it was intense because it's a, it's a horror TV show. Yeah. So it was like <laughs> c- coming in two minutes into the cold open for uh, the pilot for a horror show. You know, they put their foot, you know, their, their best foot forward. They pilots like try to show what the show is going to be about over and over again. So I don't know. I think that was definitely when we came in, like with, only the intention to wait in line for shield, which was really the reason we came. It was kind of a weird, like quick adapting of, to what we were doing. Like, Oh, okay, cool. Weird horror movie. And like, or horror show. And like, 
I'm not familiar with the book, but I'm familiar with with some stuff that's related to it because he has a very similar vibe in some of his uh, comics work and his other and his other novels, and like a lot of it, I think seems to be interconnected. It's all like uh, different uh, towns in New England, and they're all connected with similar or or actually interconnected like stories of supernatural and and superpower right. stuff. And it's if it sounds at all familiar or similar to Stephen King stuff, it might be because he is Stephen King's son and grew up with him in that area. Like in, <laughs> so, so like, I don't know, but um, I don't know. It was an enjoyable experience. I think I'm probably going to check out the show. I mean, I might have anyway, I'm a pretty big fan of his comics, but uh, not having read the book, it wasn't something that was like on my radar as much until the panel, but yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm for sure going to read the book. I don't know if I'll watch the show. I'll be honest. Um, I'm a little creeped out, <laughs> but I'm intrigued. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm very intrigued by the story, at least. So I want to I want to know what happens. Um, and the book is books are a little bit more palatable for me for as far as horror goes. I, I just can't do horror. I still haven't seen Get Out or Us or anything. I can't watch anything like that. Uh, no, horror is, I have to be in the right mood. And like, I really want to see Us, but I haven't seen it yet for the same reason where it's like, I got to be psyched into it to be prepared. And yeah. I don't know. I, I thought it was really good. And uh, Zachary Quinto is definitely like, he stole the show. He was great. Oh, yeah. And we do have a, a legitimate Marvel uh, TV connection and cinematic universe connection because the fellow that played uh, Linus, uh, our buddy Microchip in Punisher, uh, oh, he yeah. he has a starring role in it, so it's kind of yeah. cool. And he did he did a good job in the in the pilot. I, I mean, that guy, we both liked him a lot in Punisher, so it's not surprising that we liked his performance in this. But yeah, absolutely, yeah, that was cool. It was kind of. I- I think we were both like, that's supposed to be Zachary Quinto. Wait, that's Micro. Like, we were just like, <laughs> it's cool. Oh, yeah. And uh, Jakara Smith, who's Slayer J online, that we both follow. Like, uh, this is yeah. her first acting role, which is kind of cool. Like, people saw her, you know, doing her YouTube videos where yeah. she kind of like improved, you know, jokes and, and scenarios and whatnot. It was like, I feel like it's more like sardonic than like Colbert rapport esque than yeah. like acting because it wasn't scripted or whatever but and she talked a lot about that at the panel about like how it was, a, it was just such a new experience for her but it was really it was really cool she seemed to be i think maybe the most enthusiastic and they were all really positive about it but she was like super she, excited about it yeah <laughs> like, she was super excited to be there it was cool it, it was, was it was it, infectious absolutely it, it had a, a nice like energy to it and it was very uh, similar to uh one of our shield cast members oh god <laughs> yeah we'll vibe. get to that in a second <laughs> um so you've been to many conventions i how, have can you explain how WonderCon has like a different feel or Again. I'm, I'm not a con goer necessarily and i've been to WonderCon a few times but i feel like I mean, every con's probably different you know and i haven't been to a lot of the smaller cons and if i have they've been like one time and working like working for uh, a comic company when i have done it so it's been different like for sure and so just going as an attendee is different but like mm-hmm. even you know going to comic-con in new york or in san diego they're so big like a large percentage of the people who are there are there for work like, like half the people there or more and a lot of them have bring that vibe with them i think mm-hmm. and you know they're burnt out when they start they're they're it's not that they're not going to have fun or they're negative, but it's just not the same. Whereas this was just like a really laid back and relaxed vibe. Everyone there was just happy to be there. There was no malice, no 
like at the Q and A section, uh, to skip slightly ahead to, to, <laughs> to the shield panel, there were a couple individuals there who I feel like in other social situations they like. I would have heard snickering. I would have people would have made fun of them. Adults would have been jerks to these individuals because their awkwardness, you know, was uh, extremely visible and 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 you could feel it just in the room. But everyone there, I think, was supportive. Like like from every fan in the audience to the the you know television and movie stars up on stage. Like everyone was just like super cool and there to interact with each other. And no one was like too cool to be there no one was negative and, and it was uh i don't know it was great I, I i i had a lot of fun and it was very different because it was i think so so much smaller for one just like the panel process was so different yeah like there's no way you could go into one of the big panels that had a lot of demand you know that early and, and just sit and go through all those others i mean people do end up doing that but they have to get there early you know they, they camp out you can't just wander in like we did yeah <laughs> and uh and it, there was quite a bit of demand for shield you know like when we came in for that nosferatu panel there was i think pretty m- the majority of the bottom floor was full but there was no one at the top and when we you know when they turn out the lights uh, at the end of the shield panel like that whole bottom section was filled and the top section of the arena like the middle portion of it was pretty full as well so yeah. like, like there were a lot of people who came in and as the nosferatu panel uh, you know started to get towards the end and people would leave there were more and more people in shield and Marvel shirts coming in yeah. and then during the trailer uh, panel, which was the next one, which was just all the trailers, a couple of Netflix shows and a bunch of uh, movies. And, uh, and it was, that was definitely a weird uh, panel. It's if, weird. Yeah. I don't even know how, um, I guess it's a recurring thing. It's called trailer park. I'm, I've never heard of it, <laughs> but I, I, I guess I, I can see it. I mean, I've spent time on the, uh, the Apple, you know, trailers <laughs> you know, page before <laughs> I've, I've gone through those at different times. So, but, uh, yeah. no, that was, that was fun as well. We got to see the newest, um, end game trailer, which I was faked out by because when Thor is pulling uh Stormbreaker towards him, it obfuscates how long that, that handle is like, it doesn't show the perspective when he like pick, when he, when he grabs it, it's so quick. And so I was thinking it was Mjolnir and I'm like, wait, what? What? Why is no one talking about this? <laughs> so I rewatched so it. it. Yeah, it I rewatched it the second her. I got okay. home, and I was like, oh, "Okay, because like when they switch angle really quick, it's it's just a brief shot, but you can see him. He's resting his hand on the top of it, and it's just mm-hmm. touching the ground. Like he's not holding oh, it at all. So it's like okay. got a three foot tall brute arm handle. <laughs> you know? Yeah. A, so, uh, goodness gracious! For a second, I thought. I, I know everyone's already very hip to the time travel possibilities because of different things that have leaked and whatnot. And, you know, no one knows for sure, but like for a second I was like, that seems exceedingly obvious and important. <laughs> and no one yeah, said how, anything. Yeah. But, but that makes a lot more sense that it was not the case. And that's why. Yeah. Said, <laughs> because they would have been wrong and laughed out of fandom probably and ashamed for having spoken up. So I'm glad I rewatched it before I like emphatically went on Twitter. It was like, how, how come no one said this? It was like, because you're crazy. <laughs> it was not Milner. <laughs> but uh no that that was fun the trailer portion was fun um yeah i'm trying to think if there was there were a couple trailers that i hadn't seen before but nothing that like jumps out at me nothing that i can remember oh i hadn't seen the newest uh stranger things trailer that was oh yeah that was good. i hadn't either yeah it was really good. <laughs> those kids are so grown up now yeah that so that crazy. was the weirdest part we both were <laughs> again we're getting old that was very frustrating <laughs> <laughs> like it's like wait you're 11 
Like, 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 like both the name, your name and your age. Like you're an 11 yeah. year old. Like, like, welcome. You're grown up. Like, cause they are, they're, they're, they're young. They're young adults now. Like you, there was wet one shot of Dustin where you're like, holy crap. Like they're, they're <laughs> so like grown a little up. Man. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, if you if you haven't seen that trailer, I recommend it if you're into Stranger Things. It feels like we get the ongoing story that I did not know I wanted at all, with just the redemption of Steve Harrington. <laughs> but <laughs> as you said though, like having, you know, a, a straight white, toxic ma- toxically masculine asshole, like having him his story shown like like redeeming him. On on the one hand, we don't need any like, you know, Make, stories making us feel bad for Nazis or whatever, but he wasn't yeah. like that far gone. I think he was just a douchey teenage kid. So yeah. seeing him take a good path is something we probably need more of. <laughs> like, yeah. like, we need more of the jerky asshole you know, uh, dudes in those teen movies and TV shows to actually learn a, a valuable lesson and not just be humiliated. Like the humiliation yeah. part's good. Don't get me wrong, but yeah, but have them learn a lesson. So I, I, I'm I'm into it. And I like the fact that it's like he didn't win everything that he wanted. He just like became a better person. Like it's not like everything worked out as far. I mean, if you haven't seen Stranger Things, I'm sorry, I'm spoiling <laughs> things for you. But like he didn't win the girl. He didn't, you know, because you know he's. I mean, he became like a hero in a sense. But it's it's not like everything worked out. Like stuff was still didn't work out for him. But he just. His, you know, he's going through growth, and I think that's, I don't know, I, I really love that character. Yeah, he wanted to be so. like a Captain America, Superman figure, like as in the hero of a story, but instead he, he he's at, by not doing that and just trying to do the right thing and yeah. help people, he has become one of those figures to those kids. And yeah. like, I think that's kind of cool, like, like by, yeah. by, by, by stopping trying to be what people wanted him to be, he, be, he became actually a good human. Just, yeah exactly oh i love it no and, and i feel like it does it like it has thematic stuff in common with a lot of our favorite characters on on shield Ab- like for absolutely sure. uh so let's talk about that because that's why we're recording this <laughs> um okay all right spoiler section time the panel so they <laughs> They they did show the premiere episode of season six. We're going to attempt to talk about spoiler-free impressions at the very end of this. So if you're interested in that, stay tuned. But we want to talk about the panel first. Um, so uh, Jeff Loeb was like the moderator um, who is – he's the head of Marvel TV now, right? Yeah. He, he's been the head yeah. of Marvel television for a while. He's a – a former film uh, writer and uh, pretty prolific comic creator as well. He has really big runs on Batman, and uh, he created the newest Nova at Marvel. And is a, he's a long, long time uh, collaborator with a very talented comic artist named Tim Sale, who, when he was one of the main writers on Tim Kring's Heroes, uh, he brought Tim Sale with him, and he did all the artwork for the dude who had the visions on the on NBC's Heroes, and. Uh, it connects to one of the reasons I love Jeff Loeb and his work because Jeff Loeb wrote uh, Teen Wolf, the movie. And uh, <laughs> I love werewolves and Michael J. Fox. That's a favorite of mine and uh, probably more significant to my like growing up than it should have been. And then uh, Tim Kring is the guy who wrote Teen Wolf 2 and then created <laughs> Heroes. So there you go. Um, but yeah, he was he was funny, but like also like very much like, like your dad or like your grandpa. Right? Yeah. You know, he's, like, he, 
<laughs> I feel like he knows it too. He, he's not yeah. he's not un, under the impression he's like some young hilarious comedian. He knows he's a goofy old man, but he's yeah. There, there was something very uh, charming, I think, about him just because of the way he interacted with the cast. Because of that, he was made very likable, I think. Yeah, yeah. He gave them a lot of guff and just it, it was it was it was a fun it was fun to watch. I talked to you about this, I think, after the panel, but I really enjoy watching panels with um, television casts. Because I feel like they get a lot more time together, especially if it's like a long running show like this. This is what, seven years now? They've been essentially a family. And so you can really see that on stage in their interactions. Um, and we'll talk about that a little bit. So uh, the panel had Clark Gregg, Elizabeth Henstridge, Ian DeCastiger, Henry Simmons, Jeff Ward, Jed Whedon, Marissa Tantron, and Jeffrey Bell, who's. Um, you probably recognize from one of our writers and or directors of many episodes. He's a uh, executive producer. Yeah. We've, officially. we've read I all think. three of their names. You've read, you've read all three <laughs> of their names several times and pronounced all of them correctly. <laughs> yes. Amazingly enough. Got them so, down. Glad. Yeah. so let's talk about Clark Gregg first. Oh man. He was so likable and he's just who he always <laughs> is. He was so gentle when the super, super nervous girl who it's like, again, so many of these people, like, and I'm not saying this in any judgmental way, like, it's, I, I relate to them very much, and at different points in my life would have been in the same situation where, like, people's nervousness and awkwardness is palpable. <laughs> and, like, oh, yeah. And she, she tripped up, and while talking to him, she said that her question was for him and referred to him as Greg Clark. And after he answered the question really sweetly and earnestly and honestly, he just very, like, quietly was like, oh, and it is, it is Clark Greg. he he corrected her in the nicest way which was hilarious because down the line of questions another girl came up and asked if he had trouble (laughs) when he was younger for having two first names and that was that was in the lightning round when they were all yes or no and and he looked around and went yes (laughs) like he was so he had such a big smile on his face there were so many moments where they were where the cast would make each other smile like that and like you said like I don't know. They have a vibe of being very much family-like. I know every TV show says that, but some of them, when you hear commentaries or you see them on panels or see behind the scenes footage, like you can really feel it. And I think that's true for the show very much so. Yeah. I want to talk about, um, so one of the questions that was asked was um, everyone's fondest memory of working on the show. And Clark Gregg talked about, how he was the guy who got the call from Marvel that was saying like, oh, you're going to be in this Avengers movie, but that's it. Like, you're going to die. <laughs> Sorry. Well, well, I think he said that it kept happening until it didn't. Like, like because I yeah. don't think he knew in Iron Man that he get he would get a callback for another. And so he kept getting, yeah, that's he kept true. getting yeah. put in more and more. He said, like, like you said, until Avengers, and then he died. <laughs> and, yeah. And, and um, he talked about how the fans, like the backlash of Coulson's death that was so... I guess widespread and so obvious like the hashtag Colson lives was up like and everyone was just like no he can't die and it's kind of he feels like that's the reason that Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. exists in a way. Oh yeah he credited Which, it as a part of it yeah. and, and in the same like sentence he also you know uh, identified I think is something that has been made clear 
not necessarily by us at all, but mm-hmm. in in discussion of the show, you know, and of the character of Coulson, that he is a stand-in for the fans, you know, like yeah, especially like his moments in Avengers in particular, you're talking about collecting Captain America cra- trading cards. Like we we know that that's what he is. He's he's yeah. he represents us, and he does too, and he appreciates that deep connection. I think, and absolutely, it's it's really it is nice. Like a lot of these uh, people who are think part of these shows, like I don't know. It's like the whole thing in the past. Like it took a, it took a little bit of time and, and some space away from it for uh, Ewan McGregor to be cool with Star Wars again. Yeah. Because after a while, between adults selling autographs that he thought were being given in earnest, like because and and I think that was happening. You know, eBay was becoming a huge thing. It was like it was all happening yeah. and being publicized for the first time. Like anytime that had happened in the past, it was all even done in, in card shops and no one knew what was happening. <laughs> you know, it's like yeah, it, it was it wasn't something that was making him feel like he was taking advantage of or crap. And between that and like fans asking inane questions and thinking that these people know or are invested in the minutia that we are, you know, I like, I think that there's like a perception, I think a lot of these times on people who work in these high profile projects or shows and movies with big fandoms, that like, it's something that, that they're not, uh, they don't enjoy as much, but like, you get the vibe from every one of them who is here. And I think from Chloe Bennett and, and Ming-Na Wen, who couldn't attend, that mm-hmm. you get the vibe that they do enjoy the interactions to a certain degree, but they're, they always, you know, answer fans when they shout out hello at cons and they stay late. Like there was that video of Ming-Na when it was it at uh, C2E2. C2E2. Yeah. yeah. Like she was there like at past closing. I've seen the same thing, you know, with, um, Oh, uh, her name is slipping my mind right at the moment. The voice of, uh, Ahsoka Tano. Um, Oh, Ashley, Ashley. Eckstein. Yeah. 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 And like, like, you see those people who are that dedicated to their fans and it's like, I don't know, it makes you feel really, I don't know, good in a way. Like, not like, like, yeah, I'm glad I'm this, I like shield this much. Like this was an important <laughs> choice. I've done something important. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like you're not good about it that way, but it just, it does. It makes you feel nice. It's a, it's a kindness. And yeah, they don't owe us that. They give us a bunch of free entertainment. <laughs> we yeah. You know, they don't owe us any more than they've given us. And it's cool that they give us so much time and energy and, and he, I think Clark Gregg, in addition to Colson representing the fans, I think he does epitomize that because he is like so cool to all of us and so, yeah. so sweet to every one of those people asking silly questions and whatnot. Well, and like he got the brunt of them because yeah. during, during the lightning round, uh, they were told to just do yes or no questions. And he got probably a half dozen that were not. And like <laughs> half of those people acknowledged it. They're like, I know it's supposed to be the lightning round, but I don't care. And I want to know this really bad. And he tried to figure out some way to answer all of them. Like, like he, yeah. he looked at Jeff Loeb every time. Like, how do I do this? Like, I really want to answer them. Like he's, he's just a nice dude. He's yeah. like, I could see, I could easily see and have seen actors like, you know, not not being total jerks about it, but being like slightly like put out by because they're not used to it. You know, they're just like, uh, I'm used to press tours, you know, people who know yeah. how to talk to celebrities, not this. And no, it was, it, I, I, it was a great, it was a great panel. I've been to a lot of cool panels over the years. The people uh, at Supernatural and at Psych, I think have similar vibes of family that make it fun. And it's a very similar uh, just feel where like that this was this was my first shield panel but it felt like it was something i've seen before because they were 
their back and forth was all so familiar as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so let's talk about Elizabeth Henstridge, who plays uh, Gemma Simmons. <laughs> if, if you're not, if you're not sure, um, she talked about specifically um, when they were talking about their fondest memories that she was able to do a scene with Stan Lee, and I think her and Clark Gregg were the only ones that were in a scene with him for the entire duration of the show. Um, and I don't know, she just she's just such a sweetheart. Like <laughs> I, <laughs> she. Like the way that she talked about being like feeling so blessed to be able to do that scene with him and how like, you know, like not everyone on the show got that opportunity and she did and she was so grateful for it. It was she she just feels like an earnest, like a a sweet, earnest version of her character on the show. And she also like the, the way she like you said, the sweetness and earnestness, like the way she played up because, uh you know. Our our buddies Jeff Ward and Ian DeCasticker were the to skip ahead slightly were the uh, class clowns or yes. annoying kid brothers <laughs> or butt of the joke like they they definitely they, each of them got made fun of pretty hardcore by everybody yeah. it's mostly Jeff Lowe but everybody but like the way that Elizabeth Hinstridge gave Ian DeCasticker guff was like you know well, of course my favorite moment was every moment I got to work with you it, well, it, yeah. it, it, it was said sarcastically but not like in but not in like a like this is preposterous way just in a like like more he's so precious he needs this comfort yeah. or whatever like, <laughs> so it's still sweet and kind even though it was making fun of him like it's so yeah. it, it a really odd vibe and uh, another slight skip forward there's a reference to a, something that has been a phenomenon in the shield fandom that we both missed but uh our uh, ian decasticker and uh specifically his character fits and obsession with monkeys uh, oh yeah Kate, Wait, let's Kate, skip to that so let's talk about ian decasticker well i was and... gonna relate it <laughs> relate it to elizabeth henstridge because okay. he mentions he's adopted a monkey like at a, at a like a nature preserve or whatever that you know he pays for this monkey's uh needs and he couldn't remember the name and she's like it's elizabeth isn't it and she just, <laughs> it was so sweet like like she's like i'm pretty sure it's elizabeth like, like, it, was, it was very funny but uh yeah to skip slightly ahead apparently in the episode the asset there's a one-off joke where Fitz like kind of rambles a little bit to himself where he's like well if we just had a monkey you know it'd be so small he could just break right in there and he uses adorable (laughs) little hands and it would take care of everything and everyone like gives him a hard time and i guess following that in the fandom and then behind the scenes everyone is given ian decasticker guff about Fitz needing a monkey and (laughs) At one point during the, I think the beginning of season two, uh, right before they launched the companion comic book to go aside it, uh, which would introduce many of these characters like Fitz and Simmons and uh, and Ward and and May to the comics for the first time, that uh, leading up to that, the then um, editor in chief of Marvel, Joe Casada, who's now the uh, chief creative officer, he drew a one page comic book that was. Uh, Fitz creating an artificial intelligence that was out of the form of a monkey whose name is Henry. And of course, like all things in Marvel and in S.H.I.E.L.D., it's an acronym that means nothing. So, uh, <laughs> And at the same time, just around then, there's a video that uh, is on the official ABC YouTube. It is of Ian DeCasticker talking about how he's gotten so many stuffed monkeys from fans that like he really appreciates, appreciates it. And he takes them everywhere he goes and it pans out and he has a giant stuffed monkey, like an ape that's like easily his size. And he says, come on, Henry, and takes him in. And there's another weird, like Benny Hill 
sketch-esque gag but uh, we'll link that video uh, uh, from our twitter account but i uh, yeah no and they gave him considerable guff on this panel about the monkey yeah. again and then and during it he full-on like it braces it's like no i do want a monkey i ended up having to get myself a monkey like in real life and at that point jeff love was like you know this is real life it's like yeah i know I know. Like, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> it's so, so, so silly and funny, and especially like with their accents, because they'd use their real accents. So him and and Elizabeth Hinsridge, like, I don't know, us Americans are suckers for uh, for UK accents. I think so. With their British and and Scottish brogues, like we're like, uh, I don't know, they, they, extra silly. It is <laughs> giving each other guff. We, we assume they're smarter than us. Okay, so when they give each other shit, like we're like, hey, they're just as stupid as us. <laughs> like, like, there's something extra funny. Uh, and no, he he and Jeff Loeb went went at it a little back and forth. Where eventually he, he first he blamed the, the writers and, and producers for not giving him a monkey, and then he just blamed Jeff Loeb. And then he and then, he, and then Jeff Loeb. Uh, accepted the responsibility and said it's because he's the only one apparently who has a brain if he's the only one yeah that will say no to hiring a monkey for the show <laughs> which i could see i could see it actually being it sounds silly but i don't know i've seen enough behind the scenes stuff on uh, the show animal practice which had the same monkey who uh crystal the monkey who is the star uh, on that and um community for a while and like mm-hmm. I, I think that's it is difficult to work with a monkey. <laughs> yeah. They're monkeys. They're not people. Yeah. They're never going to yeah. be people, no matter how much we want them to <laughs> make us laugh. But uh, there is um, a Henry in real he had life. Another, so. he, he had another animal moment on this. So I don't know why <laughs> Fitz slash Ian has all of these like animal things associated with him in this fandom. Because um, I totally forgot about this. So... Um, one of the questions someone asked was, what characters do you miss the most that have either been killed off or they left the show? And Ian talked about, oh, you know, he, he it started out really sweet, like, oh, when, when Hunter came back, when we had, like, our scenes in season five, and he's like, oh, yeah, and then we had these ferrets that were black and white so they were named salt and pepper it was very cute because they were black and white and he's like yeah i really miss those guys <laughs> and i was like i have no idea what he's talking about but it was hilarious and so i had to go when i got home i went home and like looked that up and i was like oh <laughs> like it was it was it was a bizarre <laughs> moment for me <laughs> sitting there listening to that oh, that's that's flat strange for sure <laughs> like, like it's a, a bizarre connection with him yeah if you if you don't remember like they had they him and hunter Fitz and hunter like use the ferrets to like infiltrate something and they like open these cages and they're like release the ferrets i don't know <laughs> it's like so silly no and it was very sweet too when he said uh that he missed nick blood and hunter he said my friend <laughs> which was a very very yeah. sweet like it was very sweet. No, he and, and Elizabeth Henstridge, like they have, they very much had a Fitzsimmons esque vibe, like Bond, like definitely more. You know, the first season before they introduced the you know true love aspect, but they, but yeah. but they have that kind of comfortability and 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 uh, ease back and forth with one another and humor. It's a, uh, it oh, was yeah, it, it was and, a highlight for sure. And you can definitely tell that Ian DeKestecker is like one of those people that just is 
obnoxious on set. Oh yeah, no, he he <laughs> because... and Ford were hams. Like they they were they constant, were like they when they weren't giving people shit, they were laughing to themselves because they were about to. But like, like yes, there was a a, um, a question that was asked, like, what questions are you tired of hearing at conventions? And Clark Gregg was like, what can you tease us about X? And Ian goes, who's X? And everyone just kind of like. Oh, <laughs> yeah! Imme- immediately, no, and very similarly, uh, there was also a moment at, uh, w- where they had said they missed Trip, and Jeff Ward goes because when someone said, you know, for all all the obvious reasons we missed Trip because of this and this, and he goes, and because you know you the trip, right? And before Such like he stopped, <laughs> before he stopped like making the sounds from his face, his face just dropped into his hands. He just shook his his head for like a solid five seconds and looked up like I'm sorry. Like, the, the, the two of them both, it's like they can't. I can actually relate to it a lot. I feel like it's something i inherited from my father and my brothers did as well but it's like for whatever reason there's like a switch where 98 percent of the time no matter what the situation is someone says something and the most sarcastic response possible is what pops into our heads and i feel like they yeah. both of them suffer from that from because they either <laughs> said those things out loud or they started to giggle every time someone said anything so I think I feel like Billy has that same problem. He just can't help himself, and I'm just like, oh my god! It's like a combination of like dad humor and obnoxiousness. Yes. It's, but it's great. It's great to watch when it's not directed at you. <laughs> well, I think it's especially funny too with those those two guys because they are young dudes. Like they're not dads, so it's it's a little bit unexpected. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> All right, um, Henry Simmons when he walked on stage. Everyone was very oh, Everyone pleased. basked <laughs> in the glow of, of him. <laughs> um, Jeff Loeb was like, yes, that's his, this is what, what we do all, all day on set, too. We just stare at him. And there's this woman that was yelling, like, such a prolonged yell. Like, clearly, after everyone had stopped clocking, she was just like, yay. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, yep, yep. Uh, I feel that. <laughs> He's a very good looking man. <laughs> he is. Well, no, and and that was one of my favorite questions was someone asked him if he's ever thought about having his own axe gun and he like he looked around like he was gonna get in trouble or something. Yeah. Or was like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I have. Which I was very satisfying to me as I, I love the axe gun. So Oh, I know. I love that he loves the the axe the axe gun as well. Cause that was just so like, what the fuck is this? Of course he would have this um he said some really sweet stuff too um he you can tell he's just a sweet guy and i i adore him so much as his character and as him as an actor like i I know we're not supposed to like relate to actors as their characters but i feel like him and clark gregg and then between we know with the vibe that that fitz and simmons have you know and that 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 their real life actors kind of share a similar vibe and jeff ford being the kind of kid oh, brother shit. that everyone gives crap to like i feel like overall they they all kind of give you a vibe of of their their characters to some degree yeah absolutely um so um there there was like a a lightning round of like if you could have superpowers like what would you what would you want and henry simmons goes i would want to be able to heal people <laughs> And Jeff Ward was like, he's sitting next to him and he goes next. He's like, man, I was going to say Spider-Man, but. That's much like, better. <laughs> that's much better. I'm going to take that one. It was just so like, Henry Simmons was just so like, 
heartwarmingly earnest in that moment. He's just like, I want to help people. And then everyone else is kind of giving these like, you know, silly answers. I really, he, he is super magnetic, um, like on stage, just as, just he fills up his space just as much as he does like on screen. Um, and he, I just, I just want more of him and everything. Which now. is pretty <laughs> impressive. Like when you're not, like, I don't think he's like a stage actor, you know, like, 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 like and just, he didn't have stage work to do. Like he wasn't fighting in a scene or singing or jumping around, but, but he did, he did like have a presence. Like you said, Mm-hmm. he has that vibe that gra- gravitas and it's like and I, that's even how jeff Loeb introduced him was like you know everybody needs a leader you know and this is our born yeah. leader. and like he is he is like it feels it feels right for the character for for mac and then like you see him on stage and you're like yeah no there's a reason why that guy's playing a leader of, of men like of soldiers like <laughs> warriors yeah. like because yeah and it's not just because of his like physical size i mean that is a factor i think but there is something about the way he carries himself his physicality like as an actor like and just as a person just like like as he walks around on stage like you can see it absolutely and you mentioned that you know his answer it's like it's like even that feels like a mac thing you know know. like and it just plays into why he is the right person why mac's right person for the job because he does share those qualities you know it's like this guy is a leader of men, not because he's a giant who could palm your 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 head and pick you up. Although yeah. he could, he could. It, but yeah, it, it, but maybe a There's little so bit because more. of that. But also, yeah, because he's magnanimous. Because when he thinks of what superpower he would want, it's not to be able to punch through a wall. Again, maybe because he can. But yeah, uh, it's you know to help people. It's some something very noble and sweet. And like, no, it's uh love that dude man crush uh sustained (laughs) (laughs) not decrease not one of those people who's disappointing in person none of them were but him uh pointedly so like more more so um so natalia cordova buckley who plays yo-yo is just an absolute delight. She like, was great just, for sure. She, um, they had a little girl ask a question and she's very young. And um, I think it was, I think it was asked directly to her or was, I don't know. I don't think it was asked directly to her, but they feeled it to her and the way she handled like, Oh, like I would like to do, I would, you know, I want, this is the superpower I would want. Like, what would you want? I, or like, I, Feel like it's it's really fun having superpowers. I can't remember exactly what what she said. Yeah, but... the, the question was about what powers they would want or what it was like to have powers if they you know, you know when they did or whatever. And Jeff Loeb pushed it to her because she she's the only person there who was who played a character with powers. And yeah, yeah. Like you said, she just responded really sweetly and earnestly. And she similarly like like she seemed really I don't know really sweet and gracious and everything when she was talking about the fandom and how like that was something that was new to her being part of, of a show that has such a dedicated fan base who are so passionate about it and involved in it. And it was just something that was like kind of cool and and unique to, for her acting experience so far. Yeah. And she was talking about how, um, actually was this her or was this someone else that was saying this? I can't remember. Um, how, not every actor has the opportunity to be a part of something like this. And when they're finished with these roles, like they might not ever have this again. So she was super grateful to be able to be a part of this, this family, I guess, this family, this fandom, um, this really special connection to people that love the show and are passionate about it. So that was, that was really sweet too. Yeah. She, she was awesome. Uh, and 
yeah, like there's another another aspect of uh, another person I think think like you feel aspects of the character. Although I feel like maybe her less so because so much of her character is tied, I think, to in the past to, to her relationship with Mac and her powers and whatnot. It's like, but at the same time, you know, Yo Yo is just someone who's uh, dedicated to her friends and to her family, and like that's that is a similar vibe again. Like we know that they're not the characters they play, but yeah, because <laughs> on the show, because not not every show where the cast feels like a family do the characters feel like a family. Sometimes they're enemies. Sometimes they're in a courtroom setting or whatever. You know what I mean? Like there's all sorts of different things. But this is like they have a, a similar dynamic in both real life and on screen, and so it's it's kind of cool. I think it's a, yeah, it's a, it's something that is unique to it, and uh, mm-hmm. and makes it fun to to follow them well you know online and to watch them at panels and things like this and at, uh, in live events and and uh, seeing them behind the scenes like no and uh hearing her talk about the uniqueness of this experience and how like you said like it's not guaranteed in the future is kind of yeah it, you don't hear a lot of uh, celebrities uh show perspective <laughs> and uh, about their situation i feel like but they all did you know they all had that they had moments where they like seem very uh, aware of the reality of the situation and like not knowing about renewals and everything. Like they mentioned that the creators mm-hmm. did as well. Like how they always yeah. have gone into it not knowing they're going to get renewed. This is the first time I think they got a multi-season renewal. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about that because um, let's save Jeff Ward for last. <laughs> and we'll talk about we'll talk about Jed Whedon, uh, Mo Tantron. <laughs> that feels appropriate for some reason. <laughs> let's- yeah. Um, it kind of does. <laughs> that's what that's what the pan- rest of the panel would want us to do. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. In the spirit of the S.H.I.E.L.D. panel. So Jed Whedon, Mo Tantrin, and Jeffrey Bell. Um, yeah, they definitely mentioned like, you know, we, we've thought every season was the last season. So they've kind of just given it their all every time, <laughs> like not knowing they were going to get more stories to tell. So it's like when they get renewed, it's like, oh, it's a bonus. Like we get we get to t- we get to tell more stories. This is great. Um And you can tell that like Marissa in particular is super passionate about this show. And she is definitely like the woman in charge. (laughs) Um, Oh, sure. She compared it to her having their children. Like it was like like, like when she talked about how important it was to them and seeing it like, like brought to life. It was like her baby. Yeah. She said it was her baby before they had babies. (laughs) And that like, like, but it wasn't said in the, I don't know. It wasn't in such a way where it degrades, you know, parenthood, but it also wasn't in such a way where it was like mocking or whatever. It was just. No, it it just, it emphasized the importance that she put on like how much work she puts into the show is it's like. Very much so. You know, yeah, which is, it's really nice. I, 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 I follow her on Instagram and if you don't, you should, um, because she posts a lot of cute stuff. Um, I think you sent me. Like it was maybe like a month ago now. Um, her and her daughter were watching Saturday Night Live. Yeah. Um, and there was like a reference to Shield on there, and her daughter like was like, "Oh yeah, Shield." They had Alec Baldwin. It was one of the ones with Alec Baldwin oh, on, yeah. and he was saying oh, that God. his favorite show was Shield. That they watch it every <laughs> week, and like, and it, there were people like, like there were some Shield fans that were offended because, like us, they're not huge Trump fans. But it's not, it's yeah. Not like, and he was playing Trump in this skit, and he's like, "Oh, we love the Shield," you know, like in a very trump way it's not like, <laughs> her daughter was <laughs> no, her daughter was so excited to hear to like get the reference and hear it but yeah. at the same time it's like <laughs> it's 
double-edged sword, you know? I know. It's one step away, I feel like, from being like compared to like CBS audiences, you know? Like the most old out of touch really person. Cute. No, it was absolutely yeah. it was super adorable. And just seeing like her, her seeing her and her, their, her and uh, Jed Whedon's daughter together. Like I don't know, she's she's rad. She's a rad lady, and and like you said, like I think it's been clear from the way she talks about it in interviews too. Like that this is something that she's super passionate about, and it is sort of like I don't know if if from an outsider's perspective i feel like we both would agree it seems like she takes the lead more if you're gonna have to pick one of the two oh, showrunners yeah. at the very least she's the public face if 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 she if yep. she doesn't but it do- i don't know yep <laughs> which i'm happy yeah. with you know she's asian woman heading headlining the longest running uh marvel television show uh, no it's That's... pretty badass like and yeah you know i gotta say <laughs> it's stupid but if you're going to be the constant benefiter of both white privilege you know cishet male privilege and nepotism and you're gonna then float that privilege over to your you know partner who is a woman of color and who's awesome at what she does like feels like a good way to to use that you know (laughs) like for sure you're gonna use being joss whedon's kid brother (laughs) then yeah don't just help yourself support support other people and people who aren't, aren't just like don't uh, backgrounds that are exactly like yours you know and look just like you absolutely um jed Whedon was pretty charming too he um, was the, it's the most i've seen of him like i think because same. <laughs> mo is more their public face and, and every panel i've seen footage of in the past he's been relatively silent like they cut him out <laughs> because, <laughs> like because he says stuff and even in this he did say stuff of less substance but what he said was funny or super supportive of someone else on the show or mo and so it what he was very likable and charming he seemed like like i don't know he came out with this like like mop top of hair and i was like <laughs> he, he looks like, like he wants to be younger than he is maybe yeah. <laughs> which like is like a d- disheveled screenwriter vibe yeah. Like, yeah. like he looks like he's really leaning into the fact that hollywood has no dress code that you can yep. dress like you did at 13 and yep. be a super successful hollywood creator however you never see the women dressing like that you know they're no. not wearing short shorts with lisa frank gear like they're, they're all dressed like professional like yes yep. <laughs> like business people <laughs> weird double standard maybe but uh but he was very likable and uh no, I feel like I like him more. I never disliked him before, but I feel like I like him more now for sure. Yeah, same. Um, Jeffrey Bell was pretty quiet most of the panel. He and was. it was a, a joke right when he got brought on. So Jeff Loeb was like, oh, Jeff Jeff Bell is actually just a mime. And it, it was funny because it kind of went through the whole panel. I think he said like two words the whole panel. And when he did, it was nice and they were like words maybe of wisdom or they had some weight but it was very he very much seemed like a quiet gruff uncle or something yeah like the grandpa <laughs> at a family reunion and ever just doesn't say anything yeah um he I, th- I feel like he's happy to be more uh in the in the background running running things rather than yeah. on stage uh promoting things and being the face of the show he wasn't like too shy to answer questions he, when when they did put questions to him he would participate but he just like you said like brevity quietness <laughs> like yeah. these, were, these were his landmark characteristics for sure all right shall we talk about jeff ward <laughs> it was one of our new favorites. <laughs> yeah, and the way they epitomized, like, I, I feel like us saving him for last, even though he was not last, uh, or, no. or not last in the order, but he was at different parts. Like, there were parts where everyone was asked a question, and Jeff Loeb 
acted like everyone had answered and like I made a couple like like everyone got a chance right everyone said something right and like look at Jeff Ward <laughs> and like like they would intentionally be leaving him out and like like no he was very much the butt of the joke he kept making jokes I will say I'll skip ahead to our spoiler free impression slightly a couple of steps and this is I you know if somebody if this is too much of a spoiler for someone I'm sorry he does not appear in the episode he's yeah. he he's he uh you know deke has been added to the cast jeff ward is a full cast member now they announced that ahead of the the panel uh well i think ahead of like the season even like last yeah spring so but we've known he was added to the show uh so he's going to be in this season but he made tons and tons of jokes after after the <laughs> screening about like wow he's like i knew i was gonna be important in this but i, I feel like they might have cut some of my scene <laughs> <laughs> and and like just everything was about him being the underdog, him being the new kid or the kid brother that you get picked up. It gets picked on. Like he very much had that vibe and being the kid brother. (laughs) There's something about that. That's very endearing to me. And I, I feel like we talked about it before, like over the course of the last season, the course of five, I liked him more and more, especially towards the end of the season. Like it was like a pretty steep climb to enjoying his character and his performance where like, but I also recognized that from the beginning, we were supposed to be annoyed by him. Like in that yeah. first half, he was supposed to be obnoxious as heck, you know, but like, and he does it well. So like, we can't really hold that against him <laughs> for playing the character he's cast and written to play. And uh, no, and just like, as he's gotten a little more charming and they've let him be a little bit less obnoxious or the obnoxious stuff has been, you know, been made into it being endearing like with his yeah. whole thing with fruit yeah <laughs> like, and what, the uh, lemons yeah and the- leaving the lemons for for, for daisy because he's a goofus oh my god he's very much has that same vibe uh in real life and is very very likable and we've gotten a little bit of uh of activity on the twitter account already from a video posted by chrissypedia on twitter from the <laughs> signing and photo opportunity portion that his, uh, she interacted with him and Ian DeCastiker where she told him they should do a trust fall and Ian DeCastiker walked away right as he says, <laughs> trust fall and falls backwards. And you could sort of see him like put his right leg, he bent his right leg so he didn't like fall flat on his back. But he fell. fell. He didn't catch himself. <laughs> his hands were in, in, uh, held tight to his chest, like, like he he slowed his descent. But he just which fell is, backwards, so. which is really funny because <laughs> there's another video of Ian DeCastiker falling back into Jeff Ward's arms, and Jeff catches him. <laughs> <laughs> this like super fucked up and it just shows like their dynamic which is so great (laughs) no it's every like some groups everybody gives everybody guff some groups there's one guy who's the butt of a joke what i I like about their group is that it is shared like it does seem to be the two of them because it's not quite as awful when it is just one person who's the butt of a joke i know that you know every every friendship and group had their own dynamic and a lot of times there isn't any malice or whatever but after a while i feel badly for those guys you know like but because they share it it's a little bit less oppressive but no, super charming group. We were both super disappointed that uh, that Chloe and Mingna weren't there. But I know um, it's funny because I follow Chloe on Instagram, and sh- a lot of her Instagram stories on set are of them messing with Jeff. <laughs> so I was like fully, fully prepared and fully excited to see Chloe and Jeff interact on stage at this panel, and I was really bummed that she wasn't there. <laughs> but it's fine. 
next time next year like they, they kicked it into high gear and gave him extra uh guff <laughs> to yeah. Make up for it. yeah absolutely um so two questions that were asked of the cast okay so one of them was what's their favorite in human power so i thought we should answer you those questions too just to make it this is our podcast <laughs> i'll do a sort of cheat and do my and also tie into my whole comic weirdness get you know deal Oh my and, god! And I can uh, I'll, I'll pick the leader of the Inhumans, Black Bolt, because he's he's rad. He uh, actually uses his own form of sign language because I mean it would make sense that he wouldn't use ASL, being that they're like whatever this crazy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the two places in his lifetime that his that their magic city has been has situated has been the Himalayas and and the moon. Yeah, so not like, American standard. Why, why would he use ASL? Exactly. Yeah. Now in a show, I think you know they should have had Anson Mount doing it because it is TV, like it's mm -hmm. different. But whatever, uh, they didn't because everything about that in human show is a mess. But he's rad. <laughs> he's got like crazy sonic powers. Like he, he can't whisper. If he like basically if he if he whispers, everything will explode. Like like, like, like planets will will implode. He's so powerful. So like that's pretty that's pretty badass. Yeah, and cool. He yeah. he basically makes the whole plot. You know with. Daisy being afraid of like quaking the earth. It's like, yeah, no, no crap. <laughs> like, yeah. The way that guy's life's been his, like since he was a child. So yeah, absolutely. But uh, it's, it, I, so, I mean, it's sort of a pro, it sort of is appropriate being that she is kind of like the premier and human on the show and whatnot. It, that they echo that a little bit sort of, but uh, yeah. I guess yeah. that would be my answer. Uh, Black Bolt. <laughs> or I do like the fact that oh, he has a tuning fork on his head, of course, because he's got sonic <laughs> powers and Jack Kirby was, as we talked about, educated on the streets <laughs> so um but i also go for lockjaw who is their giant uh like bulldog shaped inhuman <laughs> sometimes a dog sometimes a person don't worry about it uh but he's an inhuman dog and he is like massive like seven foot tall and he teleports because he has a tuning fork on his forehead <laughs> <laughs> Um, I was going to say teleportation like Gordon, but I want to keep my eyes. So <laughs> can I have both? All you have to do no. is have the uh, tuning fork on no, your head. No, I just need a tuning fork on my head. So, yeah. okay, that's cool. <laughs> I hate traveling, so I don't want to fly. I don't want to take a car anymore. I just want to go somewhere. Oh. <laughs> so. Teleportation is just like the fulfillment of the promise of the internet. Oh, like the global God. community we have where we can be friends with people all over the world. That's like if we could teleport. Yeah. Like, they wouldn't be able to stop us. No, <laughs> like the world it would, be would be better. So it would convenient be, and it amazing. It would get better so quick because you couldn't like fuck with people by stopping re uh, resources from getting out or stopping education yeah. or stopping or, or I mean, you couldn't segregate because no matter where you lived, you could be friends with everybody and you'd yeah. interact with everybody. And like it would just be better. Like cultures would would be shared and united, and uh, the world would be better. Uh, yeah, it could also be worse. Oh no, I bad feel. stuff would happen. <laughs> it would need to be egalitarian. Everyone would have to be to be able to teleport. If just the government got a hold of teleportation, we'd be screwed. Like yeah. that would just be it'd be awful. I don't want yeah. the military to have teleportation. No. So we need to get teleportation out there and make it like like uh what do you call it? Democratization like, of yeah. teleportation. <laughs> yeah, we need it to be universal for everybody, uh quick before DARPA makes it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Okay, the other question that was asked of the cast um, was, "What characters do they miss the most?" <laughs> Which is what led to the... trip being a trip. <laughs> yep. <laughs> 
One okay. of the most groan-worthy lines. I know. Before it even left his lips, <laughs> finished leaving his lips, he was like, he was oh, just no. covered in shame. <laughs> <laughs> I did that. <laughs> All right. Who, who do you miss the most? It's difficult. Like, I do miss Trip a lot. Uh, he'd be up there. I feel like Bobby and, and Hunter I miss a lot. Yeah, I'm going to eschew my... I usually would say Lloyd Ratham, and I'm going to go <laughs> with a you know three-way tie. Yeah, we actually good. talked about when everyone was answering this question, like someone's got to say Lord Rathman. And then we were like, wait, Chloe's the only person that ever interacted with him and she's not here. So it really bummed me out. Like, of course, it's impossible to expect someone to say Lloyd Rathman. Oh. If I shouted out Lloyd Rathman, there's no way anyone would know, which I mean, still would be true of Chloe or the people, the actual writers who wrote that episode <laughs> or Rob Hubel. But I know exactly lloyd, lloyd rathman we want to see you again please uh, please come I am back relatively certain no one else remembers who he is other than us <laughs> and our listeners but come on man like um i i'm with you i i want to say trip it's it's a three-way tie between trip hunter and bobby like i love hunter and bobby's dynamic on the show and like their interactions with the rest of the team and just trip was just like one of the hardest losses oh. that we felt on the show because it was so unexpected and it was so unnecessary. Like, why did you go in there? Like, and it was just like, like Sky slash Daisy had to watch him die, like right before her eyes as she's transforming. And it's, I mean, it's just so awful. I'm going to amend my answer to making it a four-way tie. And I'm going to add on an honorable mention. My honorable mention is Victoria oh. Hand. I wish oh, we would have gotten to know her yeah. a little bit more because Saffron Burroughs is better than that. And our first on-screen uh, Marvel gay character shouldn't have been killed so quickly. I agree. So I think it would have been cool to have a little bit more Victoria Hand. Uh, stop burying our gays. And... <laughs> uh, I think my additional character is the only one that they didn't mention. But like, like I, I was disappointed that nobody mentioned it. But then we both we talked about it during the panel. I figured out again, Chloe would be not the only person, but the person who had by far the most interaction with. Oh, Gabriel, Gabriel Luna. Luna, yeah, as which Robbie was Ray's. amazing. Yeah, yeah. like Ghost Rider was one of our favorites. Yeah, I think, absolutely. and uh, yeah, no, it was. But when like when we thought about it, it's like what there was a couple cool scenes with. Uh, but you know, with Henry Simmons and with uh, Clark Gregg, but for the most part, like and, and with, with yeah. McNaught, who wasn't there, yeah. <laughs> but, but like ninety percent like of his stuff on screen was was with her. I don't think he yeah. had any scenes with any significance with uh, with Ian DeCastiker or uh, Elizabeth Henstridge, and yeah. uh, or with uh, Natalia, Natalia Cordova yeah. Buckley, and and uh, our other our new our new favorite goofball <laughs> Jeff Ward wasn't there yet, so. Yeah. <laughs> Like literally, uh, yeah. Like the only other people who would have would have been there uh, on screen with him are Henry and Clark, and they just aren't weren't around much. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I was I was disappointed. Same, but like like we figured we figured out why. It- There's a legit reason, I guess. <laughs> I guess I won't just say you're racist. <laughs> we'll just immediately jump to it. And like, I mean, he wasn't tech. He's not like Robbie Reyes is not a shield member and so he didn't spend a ton of time with like the entire crew you know on screen and probably like filming as well so it's like obviously right like like, if he's not in scenes with those people then they just wouldn't that's not how they do things you know they're not like they're not like shooting one scene like right next to the other yeah like Like, 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 peek over and oh (laughs) this looks fun (laughs) but no um, yeah 
we okay. we would like to see more of him. We miss him a lot. I and, hope and he I comes like, back. Yeah, he's the one who would be the easiest to come back. I mean, yeah. Nick Blood would be bittersweet. It would be cool to see more Hunter, but I feel like we got the best way we could get more of him without having Bobby come back. Mm-hmm. And Bobby's busy. Like she, yeah. you know, we don't. As much as we would like her to come back, I I don't want like. Adrian Pilecki and everyone who works on the show, The Orville, they have to get fired, you know, in order yeah. for that to happen just to fulfill my fancy or whatever. If it gets canceled, then yeah, bring her back. But, or, you know, just come back for an arc in seven. Yeah, a you cameo. Know? Like, Real quick. Be cool. I know they're cool with, I, I know that uh, Orville will play ball because we've had like big people on it. Uh, Ted Danson has been on it, Victor Garber. <laughs> like they've yeah. had huge name people like, appearing like br- very briefly on that patrick mm-hmm. warburton appeared came as an alien which had like a giant elephant trunk that connected to his stomach what the uh, fuck? so he had like a <laughs> hole in his shirt like in his belly button it, it, like he looked preposterous and he was like they faked out the audience where they pretended he was going to be like a permanent replacement for someone <laughs> and like it, it was super obnoxious but uh and, and his character was like was like a jerk like really a loud obnoxious jerk and weird looking but wow. uh i i oddly recommend that show i i think i believe our uh our friend laura also watches it as well and i like people either hate it because they hate uh seth mcfarland on principle i think or they love yeah. it because they like star trek the next generation because it is it's not even like a tribute it's like it's just star trek the next generation with like maybe five percent more jokes like, but, it, it, but like it's an, an earnest like follow-up to it it's yeah. very bizarre i but did not it, care for it but i am not a star trek it, person yeah, you were and not, i don't you really were. care about seth mcfarlane either so no i remember the uh our jonathan frakes where you're like oh that's why i, I, I don't i didn't like that episode because jonathan frakes worked on star trek like so yeah i know you're not a star trek person but uh yeah. which not every it's it, it's it's not Star Wars. Star Wars is the super nerdy thing that everyone loves. Star Trek yeah. is the super nerdy thing that super nerdy weirdos love. I like Discovery, but it's <laughs> yeah, a, Star Trek, a, a different a different is. caliber of Star Trek. I think. Oh, it is. It's different. It's a different animal. Yeah. Uh, and but also really good. Um, but I don't know. I I, I miss I miss Bobby. Uh, I miss Hunter. But they and I, I miss Trip. But all of them will be harder to bring back. And Ghost Rider would be very yeah. easy to come back for an arc, and and just for an arc, we could get we could get Bobby and Hunter back. God damn it! I know. Back. How do we get Trip? <laughs> I could work everyone else out in my head for an appearance in Seven. I guess Trip would have to be like a Vision or something. <laughs> we could do crossover and have him be a ghost of some sort. <laughs> hey, Ghost Rider! They could have some sort of trip to hell or something, and yeah. Yeah, save Trip from hell. Trip and then trip to hell. Really? <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't do it on purpose. <laughs> I'm not Jeff Ward. I did I not do that say. on purpose. Uh, I'm ashamed. Um, yeah, no, it was. Yeah, that was a good, good panel. It was. Um, okay, so I know listeners are probably waiting to hear our impressions of the premiere, which um, we were planning on doing an episode about, but I don't think we can until we see it again. To be honest. Yeah, we wanted to record it ahead of time and just have it be ready to go. And I think like. I don't know, depending on what day of the week it is, what day is my day? <laughs> like we could yeah. end up doing something and making yeah. it that early. I don't know. But uh, the, as is, the first Tuesday after it, we'll have one. And, yeah. And we'll, uh, we'll, I feel like we'll have a pretty good idea of what we're going to think because we have all this extra time to think about it. But so much goes on. And honestly, I know it's what people want to hear, but I'm dreading trying to talk about it in a spoiler-free capacity because I don't even know how to. Other than stuff like that we know. You're going to be introduced to a version 
of of uh, someone who has Coulson's face, who looks like, played by Clark Gregg, but who is not Coulson. Yeah. Is, but something that we can tell you because it's in the promos. Yeah. I, I already said my one not promo spoiler. We're gonna have to wait to find out uh, till the second episode or beyond. What's up with when, Deke? Yeah. <laughs> um, I will say Simmons is a very different version of Simmons than we're used to seeing in the other seasons. She's very intense. Um, what else can we say? It, okay, I will say the first half of this episode, I like leaned over and whispered to you. I was like, what the fuck is going on? I have no idea what is happening right now. It is a fast, it is like a super fast start out of the gate. Like it throws you in. It's a completely different world than what we're used to seeing on S.H.I.E.L.D. It's much deeper into, I would, I want to say like, I don't want to say mythology. That's not the right word, but just more unearthly elements that we're not used to seeing on shield season five gave us a little taste of that with like the future stuff i think but this is like so much more of that um and it's cool the visual effects look amazing (laughs) so amazing (laughs) oh Um, yeah like that that was that's my one spoilery thought that i feel like i can actually say if they didn't get a budget increase then they spent a lot of their season's budget on this episode. It's amazing. Yeah. Oh, and um, yeah. I might have spaced it. Uh, we can probably mention, I feel like it's okay to say that Clark Gregg directed this one. Yes, yes, he did. Which is not, I don't I don't believe it's his first episode directing. Correct? I think he's done I'm another I'm pretty one. sure he's already directed uh, episodes of it. Um, I, and again, yeah. like, uh, I think it's not surprising with the way season five ended to say that we get more of yeah, agents Davis and Piper who we've gotten to know more and more of the last couple seasons. And I th- feel like that continues in a, in a good way. Um, yeah. There's some new characters too, that um, are interesting and are likable. It, yes. A, a lot of characters that like a couple right off the bat that jump yeah. out as likable and a couple more of it, like have the opportunity, I think to become that way, you know, <laughs> more blank slates, but Mm-hmm. No, I've yeah. I've uh, I've I feel like my curiosity has been piqued. You know, I'm ready to meet these new guys more, these new characters more, and they did a good job of introducing some new characters and feeling like I don't know. Sometimes it feels like everything's shaken up or whatever. It feels contrived or or forced, but this didn't feel that way. Yeah, this there were a lot of really good emotional moments too. Just to, like based on the way season five ended. Um, really good emotional performances by some of our like longtime cast members. Um, I definitely teared up at points during this episode. Um, I think too, I want to, I feel like this is a little spoilery, but I want to mention it just because it's, I know it's an important thing as far as representation goes there. One of the new characters is queer and a partner, a, a, a recently deceased partner is mentioned, but I think it's really important to know that that is something that is going to be on the show. <laughs> well, I, I'm glad to, although while we, you know, just having mentioned Victoria Hand yes. and having seen that yesterday, it is frustrating that even this character, there is an off screen mention yeah. of the barrier gaze moment. It's like, come on, guys. Like, yeah, but I mean, at the same time, I'm glad it's not like the focus of that character is being oh, absolutely. Queer, you know what I mean? Like, that's their only purpose in the story is to be the queer character it's like no that's just an ele- that's they're, they're, they're just like anyone else <laughs> like it's just an element of who they are <laughs> well absolutely and i think that it, it while it does just 
because of the reality of how it's executed, it does fall into play with the barrier gay stereotype a little bit at the same or mm -hmm. trope a little yeah. bit. I, I think that more than that, it's just an aspect of uh, action, modern action storytelling in general, and especially in superhero in the superhero genre yeah. of revenge and death and as a motivator. Yeah. You know, even if it's not revenge, just death is death is the motivator. Yeah, like. Yeah. It, it's again the only reason why I even mentioned in our Captain Marvel episode Frank Rambeau is because we don't have any parents. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like nobody has parents that are I alive. Know. And other people have mentioned, you know, how important it is, you know, to them how how, how much they enjoy the idea of Carol and Maria being a couple. And I appreciate how that is important to people, but I'm just kind of sick of us having to, you know, grasp at straws and yeah. and take hints and in whether you know. Absolutely. Some intentional, you know, you, you know, hints or, or aspects of a story to illustrate this, like just freaking have the balls to say it and do it. Stop hemming and hawing and making, making people beg for scraps. And yeah. also I think um, it's a, a, an unrelated note. I don't want Maria and, and Monica to be that dependent on Carol. Yeah. I, agree. I don't want, I don't want a character who was Captain Marvel before Carol was Captain Marvel to be her daughter. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Like, I, I, it doesn't, it's not necessary for me, yeah. but I do understand why people appreciate it. And I, I don't know. I felt after reading more people talk about it uh, after our episode, I, I want to mention it because I don't know. It's something that didn't jump out to me as much. I think because of being tired of it only being hinted at, you know, of, yeah. us, uh, of anyone who wants to see that representation having to be like, oh, well, this could be, or oh, I bet this, or something that is absolutely, hopefully will be portrayed explicitly in the future. But like uh, Tessa Thompson, it's like, oh no, her character is bi, but it's like, it's not anything we actually see, you know, yeah, it's just. Yeah. Well, that's what gives me hope about this character. If this character on the show sticks around longer, there's totally opportunity for storytelling to bring in romantic interest for this person. Absolutely. And the way it's presented, it's as if they're going to be an ongoing character of this season and yeah. perhaps into seven. Like we don't know how everything's yeah. going to shake out, but yeah. Um, uh, no, and, and, and absolutely. I feel like it's, a, again, it's a good step, it's a step in the right direction. And I, I'll take it on TV. I've said before, yeah. I want I want the MCU to follow the suit of DC television because they're running circles around everybody. Mm -hmm. But if Marvel if Marvel television wants to do it uh, first, I'm more than happy just to see it actually happen. And it just made me think, like, other than Victoria Hantley, like, why have we never had a queer member of the team? Yeah. You know? Yeah. There's no reason for it, but... Like I said, this gave me hope. This made me happy to see that. <laughs> so, no, I think that's that's a spoiler worth mentioning. It's a small, small um, part, but I think it's it's a you know, sadly, this is the biggest thing that we have in the Marvel universe at this point. <laughs> that's on screen, like the mention of a, a partner. So, um, so yeah, I'm trying to think if I have any other impressions. This episode was wild. Yeah, like I, that's the only word I can use to describe it. It was just like a mind fuck <laughs> in so many ways. Yeah, I had the I don't know. I felt like the entire time, like the rug was being pulled out from under us. You know? Oh yeah. Like like, like you did say, like, what is going on? I had no <laughs> idea what's going on so often, and I knew I was like, yeah, me, what? I don't know. But by the definitely by the end of the episode, you're caught up 
to, on everything that's happening and like you know what's going on but there are a few moments in the beginning where you're just like what this is not my shield what is happening <laughs> like it's absolutely it's a, a different the show definitely has a different vibe without colson as the the head honcho um but it's it's i don't think it's necessarily a bad thing no his absence was felt but i don't know yeah like you said it's just moving forward and mm-hmm. it'll be interesting to see where it goes for sure yeah and clark greg talked about how it was really fun being filming being a bad guy <laughs> like when i think one of the questions the audience questions was like was that fun and he's like oh that yeah that was fun <laughs> so i have a feeling he he as an actor is gonna have a lot of fun this season um playing this character which makes me you happy need, you need to do something different yeah um, and it was, I think too, um, Ian DeKesticker had a moment too, where he was like, oh, that, that, that's bonkers. Like that's, that's mental. <laughs> like what we just saw. Cause I think this was their first time seeing the premiere as well. It definitely seemed like that. Yeah. So, oh God. But yeah. All right. I think that's all we have. Um, I'm sorry that we're not going to be able to do a spoiler premiere episode but we just like there's so much to take in that we definitely just sit down and take notes and i think like yeah i feel like we can talk about the timeline because that's been talked about in interviews yeah i'm not not worried about it i guess somebody asked a question about it yeah um so basically the timeline um it's a year after the events of the end of season five. So I guess. Which we um, know happened right around Endgame. Or uh, right around Infinity or War. Endgame, yeah, Infinity yeah. War. And so um, because Endgame is coming out the last week of April, this is being released May 10th. So we will know what is the completion of that story before this comes out. Thank God. And it's not going to, we're not going to have to wait two months. <laughs> now they keep bumping it up. So it's now May 10th, which is, which is awesome. But yeah, so these the events of this of season six very obviously happen after Endgame. Um, so I don't know. I don't even know if they're gonna deal with that on the show. Like it doesn't seem doesn't seem like it. But I don't know. <laughs> Jeff Loeb made it seem like everything will make sense after we see Endgame. Yeah. as far as the timeline goes, and you won't have the questions that you have now without seeing them. Which yeah. I mean, honestly, makes sense. Yeah. But, uh, so. We'll figure out what we figure out yeah. soon. Yeah, in a couple of months, like Not long a at all. month and like a ha- a month and a like close to a month, a month and like a week. No, like almost. What what is today? No, it's like a, it's like a today is the thirty first. It's, it's basically it's, like, it's under a month and a half. Yeah, no, it's under a month because April. It's it, tomorrow is April. Right. So it's May first. <laughs> But, but 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 May tenth is when I was thinking of the, the oh shield, I was so. I was talking about Endgame okay oh yeah no, no, no. it is abso- absolutely <laughs> less than a month till Endgame and just over a month until yeah because it's okay. two weeks later we're so, both no, correct yes <laughs> that explains a lot I'm like why what I know I was like wait it's April what are you talking about anyway I think that's a good place to end it. <laughs> for sure about what we're talking about um, now that we actually know what each other's talking about <laughs> yeah. we, we're ready to start the episode. <laughs> Where can people find you on social media? Uh, people can find me at I Snow Nothing. You can find me at Space Jess with four S's in the Jess. And you can find the podcast at Project Tahiti. You can send us an email at projecttahitipod at gmail.com. 
Um, I put up a thing asking if anyone had any questions from the panel. So after you listen to this episode, if you still have more questions, uh, feel free to send them in. We'll answer um, the best of our ability. I am going to do a write-up on the panel for But Why Though. Oh, I forgot to mention at the beginning of this episode, we're a part of the But Why Though <laughs> podcast community. Um, so check them out at But Why Though PC on Twitter and uh, at uh, But Why Though podcast.com. And thank you guys so much for listening to Project Haiti. It's a magical place. Catch you later. Bye.